0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What the Health Just Happened, a show where we talk about all things healthcare the good, the bad, the ups and downs how to save money, how to spend money effectively. Besides healthcare, we also bring in some community leaders, executives, CFOs, CEOs, nonprofits, anything that talks about health in the industry, healthy leadership, healthy, healthy p ls Anyways, I'm Rusty. We've been off a couple of weeks. Jay Bose, welcome back. He's got no mic today, but we took a couple of weeks off. We're getting back in the studio with two gentlemen I cannot wait to have back here. We did a show previously. Little company called what's it called? You can chime in now. RevMood. Rev now RevMood. I'll do it for you guys. I love this. Scott Revels, Luke McCann, two gentlemen I've known for years. Luke specifically, we may talk about uh, middle-aged flag football, but these guys are definitely in the healthcare space. What they're doing is pretty special um, for a variety of reasons, right? I, I love the leadership component, but obviously we're going to focus on healthcare to start. Welcome, Luke Scott RevMed. Let's party, man! You guys ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks for having us, Eric. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Are you nervous or excited or neither? Kind of stoic. Uh, I think we're
1: excited. Yeah, I'm excited. You excited? I mean, anytime
0: I'm around you, Eric, I can't Ah, help but be excited. Thank you. Thank you for that. And and look, I'll be honest. I had a rough couple weeks. These gentlemen just prayed for me before the show started. I was in a a bad place. So thank you for that. It, It means a lot. I was. I don't know if I was ready, but now I'm excited, fired up. It's kind of, you know, high energy, maybe obnoxious, depends who you talk to. But let's get into it, man. Do you want to start, I think, healthcare first. Before we go into the leadership stuff, um, what you guys are doing, let's go healthcare first. You you good with that? Let's do it. Okay, so I could answer this for you, but a very simple question. What exactly is RevMed, and how does your organization tie into the healthcare system? Hey, I wish I had a video. They're eyeballing each other. Who wants it? Take it, Luke.
1: Take it. All right. So, what is RevMed? So, RevMed, we specialize in lab diagnostic testing. Um, But really, it's so much more than that, and we'll get into some of the details later. Uh, But we really, uh, Scott says it so perfectly, we sit in the middle between the big boys, LabCorp and Quest, and all the boutique labs out there, and we help navigate this space that's in the middle uh, of PCR testing versus culture. And I'm getting detailed here, but really what we do is we go out and we help private practices. We find them and we help them with better options for their lab testing. So whatever infectious disease that they're trying to take care of, we're going to help them navigate to the right place and uh, just give them some other options. So you want to chime in?
2: Yeah, I think uh, just best, best practice workflow solutions, um, bringing new technology, cutting edge tests, and uh, just bringing better healthcare solutions as a whole for patients.
0: So, so you said somewhere in between the large, everyone knows LabCorp and, and Quest Diagnostics, right? The two behemoths and gorillas in the room. And then you're somewhere in between that and the mom and pop shops, a little individual practice and you're helping physicians make the right decisions, like who who are you helping the most? The behemoths, the mom and pop shops, or the in-between, or all of the above?
1: Yeah, all of the above, but we specialize with the private practices, but you're exactly right. So LabCorp and Quest, we say that's like Walmart and Target. Like you have everything you need there, and the reason people go there is because it's easy. Same thing with LabCorp and Quest, they're easy. They're integrated into their EMRs and they're set up, it's easy to use them. And on the other side, you have all these labs out there. I mean, there's over two thousand labs in the country, and they have better technology. They have better service, they have better opportunities. But it's just sometimes you got to you know you got to fill the gaps on how to use those labs. They may not all have all the solutions. So that's why when I say we sit in the middle, we help navigate these different labs to help these private physicians uh, just get better service. You know, they there's technology out there, you PCR technology, which is the big thing that we do. And everyone here knows about it because of COVID. And the CDC said, hey, stop growing cultures. Use PCR for COVID testing. And that took it from, you know, less than 10% market share and exploded it across the In- nation. insane. Insane. What right?
0: does PCR stand for? Polymerase chain reaction. Okay. Last time you guys, so we did a show months ago, not this one, not uh, what the health just happened, but I came in, prepped that, knew the term, which again, I think kind of changed diagnostic testings, right? It, it had existed, but it grew in popularity through COVID.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, it went from 10% market share to 70% market share. Um, you know, docs didn't even know what it was before, or they had only heard about it at a conference Not many of them had tried it. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, this technology, instead of waiting on a culture to grow for three to seven days, I can get results back the next day.
0: We might have to go back to that. So so you said a couple terms a second ago, labs. Labs. And, and again, I, I understand this, but who's the audience? The show's pretty early on here. We don't know who the audience is, but dis- describe a lab. Is it where you're sending these tests to, or it's where you're going to get these tests done?
2: Yeah, I think it goes back to the, the big box labs. They they basically will bring in their services inside of a clinic, and if a patient needs, whether they need blood work or whether they need uh, infectious disease or whatever they need, like the, the, the supplies and the logistics to get things from the clinic to the lab are all set up, and that's basically what we do. What Luke and I have found is like there is not one single lab in, on the planet that is good at all of it. And so that's really where we found our niche was that when we worked for individual labs, we would have to sell things, and it, and it just we were trying to sell against competition, and we just weren't better. And so we just flipped the industry upside down and said, hey, we'll we'll vet out the good labs across the country, piece a bunch of them together and give better service than a quest in a lab core. So that's essentially what we've done is <laughs> piece together a bunch of really, really good white gloves. Like you asked us earlier, like, is competition healthy? Yes, competition yes. is really healthy, because if you're going to go up against the big boys, you better be better. You better have better technology, better service, uh, quicker turnaround times, and
0: that's really where we thrive. We're, we're, I got to mention two things real quick. So we record uh, right before the show a little thing I call healthy or not healthy. We'll share that and, and maybe maybe tag it into the episode. I don't know yet, but you talk about a white-glove white glove treatment, right? And these, the behemoths, everybody, we keep saying it, Quest, LabCorp. What differentiates you? And you're taking all these things into one house, but it is a white-glove treatment. And it's customer service, which I think is a huge deal. For sure. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've walked into a
2: clinic and ask if they're working with one of these big box labs, and they say yes.
0: What'd they say What's after the that? What's the
2: customer service What'd like? What'd they say after that, yeah. Yeah, how long does it take you to get a hold of someone? Well, we have to sit on hold <laughs> for about 45 minutes to an hour, and I got patients coming in and out, and I'm trying to run around and do 15 other things. I'm fielding calls from patients. I'm, you know, fielding things from the doctors. And so... You know, white glove service looks like a simple text message. We're on it. We have a pickup. We have an issue with a patient. We have contacts with people in the lab. So these big box, you have to go through a corporate system and a chain. And Sometimes it takes two weeks to get an answer. Mm. The big thing that we found was we go directly to the owners, we go directly to the the lab directors in the clinic, whoever's working with logistics and supplies. And so this is really essentially what RevMed does is we offer that white glove service to the clinics for each aspect of the logistical process and workflow from the time a patient goes into a clinic and let's just say they have an infection and they need a respiratory test, that patient gets that swab in their nose, na- in their in their nose, which they don't like. <laughs> Everybody um, loves those. From UPS sending that to the lab to the reports happening with the software, RevMed does everything in between. Luke's chomping at the
0: bigger. Go ahead. He's, yeah, he's like yeah. got,
1: got gloves on, ready to throw Well, the big here. deal is like we we've established a team that does this whole process. No one else that we've seen in the industry has a team that includes a nurse practitioner for a clinical director, a director of operations that came from HCA. Like we put you know, a director of information. We just hired a cto so we have this team that really helps our reps out in the field navigate all this logistical these challenges so that, that we can get that service to where it needs to be so usually what you have is just a lab rep quote that just goes out and tries to do the best but they're a one-man show or a two-man show versus us I mean, we have 20 people all across the state of florida and georgia
2: and you know a parent who has a kid you know you're a parent, Eric.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. well, we're going to probably hit this a bunch today. About the, moment, yeah. the
2: moment they have an infection, and you don't know if it's a virus or bacteria, you don't oh know how to gosh. treat, and it takes five days to get results from a big box. It's
0: gone. It's gone. You By the need time, that in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that presents the real major issue when it comes to antibiotic stewardship and what PCR really does in the industry is they're just passing out antibiotics, and it's viral just because a parent wants to give the, their patient, their kids something. And so the doctors just give it out, and now we're just handing out antibiotics like candy, and it's creating an <laughs> epidemic in our country.
1: Yeah, I think the stat is by 2050, over 20 million Americans will be completely resistance, resistant to antibiotics. Say this again, because it's important stuff here. Yeah, it's a big deal. It, by 2050, over 20 million Americans will be completely resistant to the current anti- antibiotics that are out there. And that's a disaster. Look, I,
0: I, I'm, a, I'm a nurse by trade, right? Firefighter, paramedic first. I, I geek out on the clinical stuff, and we can go down this conversation. By the way, eventually I want to put the articles, and you're pulling these statistics, where are they from, where would you get the article? But if you talk to a lot of physicians, they don't want to just throw out antibiotics like candy. Most physicians or nurse practitioners, et cetera, who are, who are giving this stuff out, it's not just to do it. To, to That's what they're told to do. You're in a system that's built this way. They don't know. You don't have test results. That's the easiest thing to do. Here's another thing I'm going to throw out there. Then you go ahead. What do most parents do, or honestly, middle-aged people, maybe a little later, when you get an antibiotic dose for 10 to 14 days for your kids? Do you make it through all 14 days? I'm so compliant, Eric. You are. Are you really?
2: (laughs) I I will take it. Okay, I'm not.
0: Hey, look, I am not compliant. But I used to
2: actually try not to take them. So,
0: so so avoid it together. That's you, you talk about building up. You're you're not immune to it, right? It's just. That's what happens over time. Sorry. So Scott's ready to throw in, ready to chime in on that. But
2: yeah, I think the biggest thing is like we're such a consumer uh, society these days that when a patient and slash parent says, "I need something for my kid," the doctors are forced.
0: This, this so is their hands whole, forced
2: three-hour conversation to talk about. Yeah, I know we could go down yeah, the, down this yeah. this trail, but that's essentially what we do. We want to we want to give that 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 parent that 24-hour result, and give the doctor reassurance that they could either hold off and say wait 24 hours or give them something and say wait. So, so that's what essentially what PCR does for infectious disease.
0: Would you say that that RevMed, like, I hate going to the consumer side because I am as a clinician, but I'm also in the business world. <laughs> that sounded ridiculous. The, I'm in the business world. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Who's your consumer? Is it is it the parent, the patient? Is it the physician deciding... Working with these guys is the way to go. Is it the inch? Like, who's your? Yeah, for consumer? us, it's
1: it's. We really have three. That's right. Here. So the first one is the lab. Like, where are we sending these tests to? So we're we're constantly. Oh, he's showing me something.
0: Hey, <laughs> right, talk, talk, talk <laughs> on the mic. You don't have to be scared <laughs> yeah, yeah. here. If you want me to ask you, you can ask. Yeah.
1: <laughs> say, hey, Eric, ask me this question. This is no. So so the lab. So which lab? So we work with. We've worked with probably fifteen different labs. We actually built our own lab in Valdosta, in Georgia. So we send labs all across the U.S. depending on where they should go. So we have – that's one customer. Then we have the doctor's offices that we work with. So that's another customer. So we have to make sure that we're getting them what they want, that white glove service. And then, of course, ultimately the patient who Mm. sends the lab test. So we really have three customers.
0: So so the physicians you're working with, what do those look like? Are are they – Primary care physicians on college, like who's the physicians that you're working with private yeah. practices which I, I wrote some stuff down from your website but go ahead
2: yeah uh, private practices and if they write an antibiotic we test for it so we work with multi specialty groups from you know urology to uh, dermatology to um, whether it's UTIs or whether it's wounds whether it's respiratory if they're writing a, an antibiotic. Uh, we that's, test, we test for it. That's a physician
0: you talked to. Mm-hmm. So I, I did pull this from the website, um, keeping private practices private, which, again, in my world and a lot of worlds, it matters in this mergers and acquisition space. But RevMed offers many customized services to help grow you opportunities for comprehensive treatment while increasing productive business opportunities. Does that sound familiar?
2: Yeah, it, it Did I write is. it down wrong or not? Am yeah, I, that's a, that's like a, a— I'm running on no when, sleep when here. When you talk about one, three, ten-year goals, we, ha- yeah. we have those goals in, in mind. Um, we have a passion for empowering physicians. I mean, our, our, our mission statement is empowering people through the servant leadership of Jesus Christ. I
0: got that written down here, too, by the way. We're going to yeah, hit on that.
2: Yeah, and so I think um, every aspect of what we want to do, we want to bring value. So when we're in a clinic, we're often in these supplies and such, but— we do family with these clinics. Like they're not just customers or clients. That we're helping them with their staffing. We're helping them, just whatever area. I mean, we've we've caught a rat inside of one a clinic before. Like,
0: <laughs> don't tell what clinic that is. Man. We will not yeah. say. Just kidding. it was LabCorp or Quest. Right. Oh, yeah. We might have to edit that out. By yeah. the way. Yeah. So okay, a um, lot of questions here. We'll stick with RedMed. Let's talk about the team, right? Which I like. You even said it. You have nurse practitioners. You just hired a chief tech- technology officer, which clearly is a big deal. Let's go to that. What, what's the tech space look like? Are you guys working on anything there? What do you see the future of the tech industry in, in diagnostics specifically?
2: For sure. I think... Uh we started seeing trends in like 2011, 2012 when um, electronic health records started being mandated.
0: EHRs for all you. Yes,
2: EHRs, um, EMRs. Um, there's electronic. a lot of
0: medical records. Yeah, they're all the same thing as far as I'm
2: concerned. We're the alternate acronyms, right, <laughs> in the medical field. So. One of the things that we saw was a trending was doctors were, were, were being um, either rewarded or penalized for using electronic health records. And so through that process, we started seeing these organizations popped up that were value-based organizations. And um, we, were, we were really trying to figure out how, what's happening here and where are they getting this data from and how are they building it from. And we saw that it was laboratory diagnostics. So we 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 decided that we wanted to really focus in on on lab diagnostics and help some of these trends. So some of the things that we're seeing in healthcare these days, uh, just from technology and such, is we are I would say probably in the next five to ten years, predictive medicine will be here. Um, Just with the it's already it's on the way. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it's here now on how they measure. Um, clinics and such. Um, there's these organizations like these ACO groups out there. Medicare used to be what just... What does ACO stand for? Affordable Care Organizations. Okay, okay. So during when Obamacare came out, they created these Affordable Care Organizations. And so for forever with Medicare, it was always build fee for service. So how fee for service works is I do this service, and this is a, a fee that Medicare says they'll pay for it, and doctors just decide to use that fee or not. So they switched it all up with these ACO groups and said, I'll give doctors this sum of money and you have to budget this patient over an entire year process. So just the whole technology of that and how they're looking at diagnostics and how they're, they're measuring physicians has been really interesting. And I think a lot of that's going to um, predict in the future for predictive medicine.
1: Yeah, and I think that just, that led to us. And, and, you you know, you originally started with hiring a CTO. So we's, we've been on this trend for a while. So two years ago, we started building uh, a software program that we're literally 30 to 90 days away from we're in beta right now so we're launching it and what we're doing is we're helping these clinics navigate this space and helping these aco groups and helping these private practices understand what makes sense for where to send things um, so we're super excited about that because with the ec you know with the ehrs and stuff like that they they get their hands get forced a lot especially you're talking about the mergers and acquisitions. Hey. They buy, you know, These hospital groups buy up these private practices, and then they get forced on what to do. And so we're trying to help keep keep healthcare, let them practice medicine.
0: You guys, this is a topic that I – it's funny. It came up with you two. I did not anticipate this conversation to come up with you two, which makes total sense. Before this, we do a thing called healthy or not healthy, right? Is it healthy or not healthy? ACOs, are they healthy or not healthy? Affordable Care Act, Health or Not. You can navigate both sides, but these are the cards we're dealt. This is the game we're playing within, right? How do you let physicians, nurse practitioners, any clinicians practice medicine and not lose sleep overnight about rev cycle management, which matters? How do you keep your lights on? How do you pay your staff? You guys, I think, plug into all of this. The diagnostics is a huge part of it, what direction they go, the technology side. So anyways, before I go on a tangent, which I will, this is great, man. I didn't expect to go this way. Beta testing can't go into details, I'm guessing. Yeah, How, we, we think ahead.
1: We're, we're ahead of the industry. We think this is where uh, others will be in three to five years, and we're rolling it out now. So,
0: in, in your space specifically. Or all of it? Like, what, what's? Can you talk a little bit about it without sharing too many, They're boi- they're pointing at each other. Yeah. Or say next topic. I'm going. No, good with that. I,
1: I think we can talk a little bit about it. I mean, we're 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 highly focused on the lab care industry, the lab diagnostic industry right mm-hmm. now. So labs is, is really where this program is started. But back to you're reading some of the things from our website. I mean, we see a lot of these different programs in this software program helping doctors navigate where things go and how to refer to other doctors.
0: And keeping it privatized, do you think? Is that a part of it or whatever direction these practices want to go?
1: I think both, right? And I think keeping them private is a really big deal. And, you know, I mean, private practices now, they refer everything out short of, you know, just a few things they take care of they send you to a cardiologist or they send you to a dermatologist. They send you to all the different ologists, right? And all,
0: all the ologists. And, and so start. it's like
1: it, there are so many <laughs> programs that their hands are tied on that if we can help them navigate the logistics and the workflow efficiency, that they can bring some of these, maybe one, maybe two, maybe five of these programs back into their office and it can make sense.
0: Good or bad. So I see you looking over there. You want to chime in on that or you're good? you good? No, know, I think uh, it's. It, you asked if it's healthy. I think it's healthy.
2: Um, just these groups and anything that is change is just difficult, especially in such an astronomical industry that we're in. When you start making changes to the industry and, 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 and specifically to the insurances that we're talking about, and fee for service to value based <laughs> care, like I think uh, at the beginning it was really challenging. I think over time it could be really it could be really good. Um, when when enough data, I think the big challenge is that, we, that there's the not enough oil. data yet. It's, it's the new oil. It is definitely the new oil. And I think at some point I, I would much rather when I'm in the Medicare, like many, 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 many decades <laughs> from now. Right. When, when, when I need Medicare, I would hope that there's enough data that's not just a, a, a study of a thousand patients and says this is how I should be treated. If there's enough data to look at a million patients and know that my diagnosis can be triggered at a certain point, and I can stop a certain medication, or I could do a alternative treatment before it gets to there. Um, I think data is kind of painting that picture for the predictive analytics. You guys want to
0: get real crazy, real let's, quick? Let's do it. Do you think Medicare will still be around when we're sixty five?
1: Ooh, well, I'm a little bit older, so maybe for oh, me. I'm sorry, for ten years for <laughs> ten years for Luke.
0: Okay, we got we got a couple minutes here till the to commercial break. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little less serious because you guys, I can. This is what's tough. Every time I do this show, I'm like, I just want to keep going, and we run out of time. Okay, let's do a little fun before, after coming out of the commercial break.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Love the game, healthy or not healthy. We talked about competition beforehand. Luke, do you remember how we first met? I do, playing five football. Were we on the same team or against each other? Against each other. Who won?
1: Uh, do not remember. I don't either.
0: I was hoping you would have said you did, and then I could have said, no way, We did. <laughs> Scott, you might have been on that team too. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were going a different direction with competition. What do you? Which way? Uh, the driver. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> man. Okay, these guys. These guys are gone. By the way, <laughs> I gotta watch this clock. We have about sixty seconds. FCA. What is it? Quick plug. Then we'll go to commercial break.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So it's combining kids sports. And Jesus, the three things I love to do. So love to help them out, serve on the golf ministry side. Okay, but also here in Northeast Florida. So, uh, is FCI uh, FCA a statewide thing, nationwide thing, or just Northeast Florida? It's actually an international thing. So it's okay, so a big deal. Yeah, so big I think deal. 55 countries now.
0: Scott, <laughs> dude, Scott, I'm grinning right now. We played a golf tournament. Scott may have won the long drive competition, but I haven't been golfing for long, so I'm I'm, I'm getting back into it. FCA is one thing, you guys are very involved. Any other things you're really involved in, proud of, other than of course, RevMed, church, anything you're like, I want to I want to plug this in real quick.
2: <laughs> it's empowering people through the love of Jesus. That's okay. just what we do in every sphere.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that really, Scott and I, it was like this moment we had when we were really diving into this and we realized that our entire life. Whether it's through sports or through serving, through leadership, through business, we empower others to be successful. You know what? I, I, I tiptoe around it. Sometimes I'm scared to talk about
0: it because I don't want to offend anyone. And um, I love what you guys are doing. Right? I'm, a, I'm a man of faith. And like I said, you guys prayed for me before this show and I was in a rough place. But I appreciate you guys. Love what you're doing. Scott Rebels, Luke Buchan with... Rebels. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second half of What the Health Just Happened. I'm laughing a little bit because I have Scott and Luke here from RevMed. Luke McCann, Scott Rebels, RevMed. A couple weeks off, a little rusty. I don't think so, man. We're, we're, we're doing pretty well here. Welcome back. If you missed the first half, it will be posted on multiple social media platforms and, of course, podcast mediums. But 104.5 WOKV is here where it airs originally. What the Health Just Happens, where we talk about maybe some healthcare, maybe not, but I think we just... I don't know. I enjoy it. Thank you guys for coming in. I'm a little rough around the edges today. These guys, thank you, man. I'm telling you, I was... You might have you, you had that little moment before the show that, that lifted me up, so thank you. Uh, welcome back. Anyways, where were we? That's a great question. I love it. Yeah. These guys, I'm kidding. I'll, I'll direct it here. So first half, we talked about all things RevMed, PCR testing, the, the future technology, their business, which, by the way, it could be a two-hour episode if you ask me. That's the healthcare side, business side. We're going to hit that a little bit, then some personal stuff, leadership stuff that I think is relevant. But ex-athletes, right? W- which, which I think, and again, I, I don't care, male, female, tall, short, left, right, what it, what, I don't care what it is. I think ex-athletes are great employees in the healthcare space, but sales specifically. You guys did something with some ex-golfers that are now employees of RevMed, and I know the story, but, but. Talk through that. What you're doing. The different division. Go ahead. I'm gonna be quiet now.
1: No, that's great. Yeah, uh, COVID uh, as it was first. Yeah, as it, I heard uh, someone say the other day, they're like, "Hey, I know you guys didn't have COVID down in Florida, but everywhere <laughs> else we had COVID." Uh, but no, it, it hit. You know, it hit all of us hard. It was crazy. It was unknown, and we didn't know what to do with it. And here we are. We were so blessed to be in a fortunate space of infectious disease that when COVID hit, it it exploded us. And but it, but for the rest of the world, it was crazy, and I just remember going to TPC, uh, you know, here in Jackson. It got shut down. And, and That then Thursday. That Thursday, and the next day, I mean, the world was was shutting down as we were watching. Oh yeah. And so She's that very chills, next, that. yeah, that very next week, we were in Valdosta, and it was Scott, myself, and a couple of our reps, and uh, we grabbed an Airbnb. We were trying to figure out what to do, how to navigate this space, and it's like ten o'clock at night. I see a. a on Twitter, I see that the PGA shuts down for two months, and it just it broke my heart, man. Because I just being involved with with FCA Golf and just knowing a lot of these guys that, especially Corn Ferry Latin America guys, uh, PGA Canada guys here, caddies. They were, they were now completely out of work for the next two months. These guys didn't it, know. That they knew of, right? It could have been longer. Right. Two months at that least, you know of. At yeah. least two months. And, and these guys, I mean, they're golfers. That's all they do. That's all they know. They've never had a job. And they're also broke. I mean, they're trying to make it to the PGA Tour. And, and I has got a really good friend, Jared Wolf, who actually made it to the PGA Tour. What's his name? Jared Wolf. What's up, Jared? He Jared listens. <laughs> That's right. And he made it to the PGA Tour, but at the time he had won on Corn Ferry and just got crushed by COVID. And so I'm sitting there with these guys. I'm like, hey, what do you guys think about this? What if we hire some golfers, some pro golfers, to help us? Sell COVID, right? Like- yeah, let
2: me sell, set a little context here. <laughs> oh, I mean, do it. Do it. I love yeah, we're sitting there strategizing at 11 o'clock at night because we're getting phone call after phone call from physicians that are saying, We need, we we need, need COVID this. tests. We need, we we need, need COVID yeah. tests. And like, Quest didn't offer it. Like, they were ran out of supply. Like, everyone was out of supply. Fortunately, we had so many vendors because that's just who we are and what we, what we do that we had supply. And we what we didn't have was the employees to get to all these clinics who needed it. So just setting a little context of what are we going to do at 11 o'clock at night in Valdosta and the world just shut down and our clinics are trying to, you know, treat their patients.
1: Yeah, so I'm like, dude, we'll hire pro golfers, right? And we'll get them to go out and we'll get them to sell COVID. And man, these guys understand straight commission, right? They sign up for a tournament. They go to that tournament. They play for two days. If they don't beat half the field, they go home with zero money. They, right? they paid to go there. They too, paid right? to go there. So we're like, man, we'll make this all commission for them. Like we'll figure this structure out. Scott, you and I pay for the Airbnb. I'm spending his money over here.
2: <laughs> you? I was like, Luke, go to bed. You're crazy, bro. This is a massive compliance issue. Like there's no way like... These people don't know medicine, like golfers in the field. He's like, bro, they've never
1: even had a job. (laughs) So I go to bed, and man, I wake up at 5.15. You didn't go to bed. You were up all night dreaming about it. I woke up at 5.15. I'm like, that's all I could think about. So I text Jared at 5.15. Crazy enough, he's stressed out too. He's up. I'm like, hey, man, you want to be a medical rep? And he sends me back a text, literally like 5.25, saying, I'm intrigued, exclamation point. And so we I, I we ended up talking. That was on a Thursday and Friday. We meet up at TPC. We train 10 professional golfers and caddies. And ha- on Friday, of course, we had to go play golf after. And then Where'd you guys play? TPC was shut down, Uh-oh. so we had to play there, <laughs> you know. So we, oh play, we play golf. And on Monday, these guys hit the road. And we just sent them out beyond what our current territory was because, right, again, I, they I, can drive.
0: I got to put a flag in there. The, we're coming back to this part of it. So I know the industry. Some people don't. You hear reps, right? Medical device. I, I believe in sales. I think it drives the capitalism, don't say that. But again, what what are we proud of this country and what we're doing and in, in healthcare specifically, which gets knocked? Sales is important, right? And these people who don't know healthcare, you talked about training. What did training look like? They're not providing, they're not, they're not. Passing medications, they're not putting trachs in, they're not uh, putting catheters in. That's like, what is training? Yes, we taught
1: them how to be professional visitors. That's really all we had to do at this point. It's the market needed COVID, they needed opportunity, but at this point, not only were there not people who had access to supplies. But then it was unknown. Like, we didn't no know what COVID was. We had to go literally, it was, like, you know, like the fire. Like, we're driving into it. We're going into these Ooh, clinics where COVID, That's my old job, a where, the where COVID is being tested. We're literally masking up, walking right into it, trying to get the, them tests.
0: You want to chime in? I can see it on your eyes there. Yeah, I think
2: uh, there was just such a such a massive need in, in we just needed people to fulfill logistics at that point, and say, "Hey, this is what I have." We had the service and support on the back end to be able to answer, you know, the clinical questions and, and support and all those types of things. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, just remembering like going into clinics and there was like hazmat suits and like full on, like nobody, nobody knew. knew, like, nobody uh, knew yeah. I mean, they're, they're walling off rooms with plastic. I mean, it was just, it was such a, a an <laughs> interesting time, but it was, it was amazing. Uh, I remember Luke and I just talking through it. Like this is an investment for us to do this. And we invested into these, these 12 golfers and, and, and caddies. And we just, we were like, man, if we could just, you know, get, 10 accounts from this like it, it pays for itself and
1: yeah 20 a, would be great
0: 20 would okay. be great can you answer how many 85 accounts later so you you wanted 12 accounts yes and you got 85 accounts which again let's not take away the importance of hopefully the first half if you missed it here's the relevance of what we're doing why it's so important to healthcare in general right then there's a the revenue side. So you're hoping maybe 12, you get 85 in this period, which is a big deal because you're helping the physicians. And maybe if people want to forget about it, but years ago, one's in a panic to get testing. So you're providing a service and something relevant to healthcare that was a necessity at the time.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, it was 85 clinics, and along with the other 100 clinics we already had, doing 20,000-plus COVID tests per month. Nice crossed if I
0: could. I'm trying to do that, but Okay. What about now? How many of those guys or, and girls are still around? Yeah, I think uh,
2: it, was, it was amazing to see them go back to golf. Um, Which is awesome. It was awesome. There, there were uh, a few. That I think we had two that basically, you know, went back to golf. And golf's just hard. Um, I mean, these guys hey, are not paying. For me. You guys have seen me golf. I'm terrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm horrible. You know, I play with these guys and they're just, they're just so amazing. <laughs> they're so amazing. And there's just such a small margin of, of, of victory for those guys. 0.01%. Like, yep. Yeah. It's real tough. It's tough. So a few of them came back and they're amazing. I mean, When we had these guys drive, they were going four hours outside of the territory to, to conquer business. I mean, I think that's, it's just the mentality they had that you eat what you kill. I'm going to go as far as I need to, to get the, to get business. Um, There's just a resilient grind in athletes that we learn to overcome when we, when we have failures, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I, lo- I love this. Kind yeah, of li- r- real quick, it was yeah. a real shocker that professional golfers thought outside the territory. We gave them, hey, where do you want to go? And they're all like, Augusta? <laughs>
0: no, I, really, <laughs> you know, I do remember part of this story. is that They're the ones who thought like, well, hold on a sec. You guys are here and here. Can we go there?
1: Yeah, that was what we said. We said, hey, look, we've got this this part covered. You guys go outside of it, expand it. And they did. They they expanded. our, They cast our net. They expanded our reach. And it really was a huge thing for us to propel the company forward so go ahead i
0: know you're on no no no. again it's hard now i got to reel it in which is tough but you so the these individuals are, are thinking outside the box and doing it but we 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 talked about healthy or not healthy before the show i think ex-athletes and again it, it, honestly at any level if you were a high school athlete and competitive i think you take that with you after you leave sports into college maybe you play intramurals maybe you don't if you play college athletes and you realize like I'm not going pros but you take that with you after you leave. Then you go to the corn ferry tour insert NFL now XFL any athlete any sport tennis insert sport I think makes a a huge difference in who you are competitive nature which you said it healthy. You guys thought of something that's pretty unique is it still working do you see it evolving? with RevMed or other industries. By the way, people might steal this idea. I'm just saying that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, I have my kids. They're, like, I don't force them to play a specific sport, but I force them to play a team sport. There's just so much that you learn to mm. work with other people. You learn different personalities. You learn how to connect. You learn how to socialize. You learn how to communicate. Um, you learn grind. You, you mean learn the hard real work. world? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, right? yeah. So I think, uh, I, I don't I, I, I wouldn't say that we 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 target specifically just those people, But what we find is when we do the interview process, the ones that typically have that it factor, it just kind of naturally is are, are the athletes.
1: yeah, they rise to the top. I mean, Billy Graham says, you know, a coach will have more influence over a kid in one year than anyone else outside their parents in their entire life. It's like you get put in that environment. And it's just that influence that uh, you you understand authority and respect and commitment and all the things Scott said with grind and resiliency, hard work, and hard work, and you know work ethic. I mean, just being healthy, amazing. right? Being you can't. Healthy. I mean,
0: other than John Daly, who can <laughs> rip it back. If we're talking about golf, but right, right. Oh man. Okay. Man, I kind of want to keep going, Red Man, but I, I want to go to the, the personal stuff too, because I look up to you guys. Or at least respect you at a... I'm kidding. Luke's like 15 <laughs> years older than I am. I'm kidding. I'm man. like two years older. I'm kidding. He's not really... Yeah, I was going to say. So I, I, I have been ending the show with the same two questions, but I, we're going to do it earlier now because I think it'll open up other doors, right? So you look out your industry specifically, One, three, five, ten 10 years what are some healthy changes, let's call it the diagnostic in- industry or healthcare tech, whatever you prefer, what are some healthy changes you'd like to see in your industry? Yeah, I'd
2: say like one to three year would be um, just normalizing billing, normalizing <sighs> the cost. <sighs> um, That's my world, man. It's, you know, a test, Let's uh, a certain test, like just whether it's diagnostics or anything, it's... it's Sometimes they're they're overinflated at the beginning, and then everyone wants to start that that specific test, and then it's overutilized, and then there's uh, there's a reactive state to overutilization, <laughs> and then the government says, "I'll cut that now." Instead of cutting it, you know, fifteen or twenty percent, they'll cut it eighty or ninety percent and drive mm. out the industry. So there's just these knee jerk reactions in the flow. I think of of billing and money that uh, if there was a little bit more um logistics and data and 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 strategic planning on
0: just billing you, would be amazing. Luke, you want to chime in. I'm gonna comment on his and then you you hit Go it for too. It. Yeah. The entire
1: the
0: billing system and billing practices, and, and again, who's at fault? Is it large insurance carriers? Is it large hospital systems? Is it labs? Who knows? But that's it for me. Nailed it.
1: Yeah, it is funny, I was going I was thinking the exact same thing and we were talking before the show. I was telling Scott last week, I was like, man, the the longer we're business partners and the more time we oh. spend together, <laughs> we're like an old married couple. We start thinking alike, and literally exactly what he said is is what I was thinking. It's just, man, we need somebody in to help fix the healthcare insurance and billing industry. It's a wreck, man. It really is. We we play in that world and, and fight. You know, again, like a
0: I don't know if you, do you do basic metabolic panels. BMPs, is that part of your blood work and diagnostics? So we have labs that do that, yes. Okay, so it's like one place, you walk into place X, who orders it Y, and it's $1,200 to do this blood work. Versus mm-hmm. if I walk into a, a location that I know and say, draw my blood, I want these results to read it myself, it's like $110. Yeah. But I who's billing where, why, how, what time, the
2: prior offs. Ch- the challenging part of that is if you bill the proper amount of what they say they'll pay, they'll give you a, a tenth of that amount, so you have to over-inflate the billing. It's just a broken system. And so um, just being able to normalize that out, have set fees that are that are out there and stick to it um, would be would be a, an amazing
0: solution in our industry. I, I like that answer. And before I go to the second question, unless you, do you want to add anything else you change? Or? No,
1: I would just say, man, there are some... Inc- the technology is incredible, and the testing that is out there with the PGXs and the CGXs, and, and I won't get into all the details, but just... Oh, some of the the testing we always run out of time i know the testing that is out there that can PGX really I to talk about, yep. really help predictive medicine and just really help navigate and give you blueprints for for medical assessments for your life like it's it's amazing absolutely amazing but just the the healthcare insurance side it's it's so <laughs> difficult to navigate that <laughs> oh. but i'd love to see that in the next one to three years that become part and just more of a mainstream test and and not again
0: who's fighting who who's right wrong and and i yeah, i won't I won't go down that rabbit hole cuz it gets deep fast okay you, you did mention something you guys are like an old married couple how do you guys handle disputes amongst yourselves like i would consider you guys outside of work your friends right you spend yeah, time think- together you know,
2: I think one amazing thing when we we both came out of some previous like relationships and business, and we were just really slow to enter into to. We see it as a covenant, like it's a it's not just contractual. Like you're tied to this person, and I think that's kind of how we see it as marriage. Like it's 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 contractual, and we're we do we spend more time together than sometimes with our, our families when in, in certain seasons, and
0: so it's, <laughs> it's uh, sometimes it's bright. Yeah. yeah, it's a
2: lot, and um. I, I, one of the things that that we we put our foot in the ground at the very beginning was that no matter what we were going to just continue to encourage each other and tell each other how amazing they are every step of the way. Mm. And I think highlighting the the, the attributes of uh, the amazing part of the person builds trust, it builds confidence, it builds uh, friendship, and. Just not picking apart the the, the parts of, of of the weaknesses we have, because we all have weaknesses. We can <laughs> all pick everything apart about each other. But we just decided not to do that at the beginning. And there was one other thing we did. We had an advisor. I love this. We, we picked an advisor that if we could never come to a solution with a specific answer, we would go to this third party and he would decide it. Tied
0: into RevMed or Outside Resource? Outside
2: of Resource. That's that good. was a, a pastor friend of ours that's a business leader as well in the healthcare space. So uh, we trusted this person and we've never had to call him in the that, six years we've been together.
1: Yeah, I mean, man, talk about being blessed, you know, to Scott's point, encouraging. I mean, we are so lucky the way our relationship works. I mean, Scott's phenomenal. Like he he's a leader. He's a visionary. He's, he's just, he's a guy that, that wants to do the best. He wants to empower others, and he's been my biggest fan for six years. Right? He and my wife are my two biggest fans, mm-hmm. and, and and the That's way that makes right there. yeah, and the way that makes me feel it gives me freedom to lead and and take this company to places because I know I've got his support. Right. And so we, it doesn't mean we don't disagree. I mean, we, we get after it. I mean, there's times where we're just, old married couple. oh, dude, we are getting after it, but no matter what, whatever it is, we, we get to that decision of where we are and we commit to do it together. So when we go out of that door, we go out of the office and we go to the rest of the company, it's one voice.
0: There's, there's, God bless. Every time I look at this clock and the time is dwindling down and breaks my heart, I might have to start filming two episodes a week just in a different studio, Jay, who doesn't have a mic today. I love you, Jaybos. Um, I want to read something before I go into the next question. It's not to, to have that direct to the next question in the second half, but you hit a couple things, both of you answering that. Your values from your website, and we don't have to define each one, but integrity... Uh, ding dong! I'm pointed those two right now. Humility, ding dong! Pointed those two again. Vulnerability—that's a big one that no one talks about. And I'm and I'm learning this as I, again, grow as a husband, a, a Christian, which I will openly talk about. A father, all of it. The vulnerability is a huge one, and I I feel it from you guys. Resilient grind, love that one too. I'm. This is the complimenting thing, you guys. This is these are good good values and then of course generous which is a big one and i'm just that's just strictly uh, not a question more of a compliment than anything so the the, the last question we got a few minutes here and, and we'll see how long it takes take your time similar and it's the same question every time you you see whoever wants to go first younger scott younger luke a year three five twenty thirty years ago i don't care what age it is what is some healthy advice that you would give your younger self
2: yeah I, I th- the younger advice that I would give myself would be embrace the failures. Mm. Not only embrace the failures, like lean into them, like go fail. Like the failures are either going to redirect you to where God's called you on your path, or they're going to give you stepping stones to the next answer. And for so long, I would just have fear of not doing something because I didn't want (coughs) to be rejected or I didn't want to have failure. I didn't want to, you name it uh, other people's
0: opinions other people's
2: opinions um losing money like yep. just all these things and um they're priceless failure and every failure is you've priceless
0: had yes was it was a stepping stone a growth a, mm-hmm. like a, a workout session um yeah there's not one person that that's super successful that i've i've
2: talked to that have said that they would take back the failures like they don't know any yeah i mean' what that, that, that 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 tried and failed that's I the mean, other thing it's uh Yeah, the,
1: the the growth is in the struggle. I mean, Winston Churchill says oh. every great project looks like a complete and utter failure somewhere but in the middle. Like it's it's going you're going to go through that process. You're going to struggle. And to Scott's point, if you don't embrace it, if you don't learn from it, if you don't grow from it, you're doomed. I mean, man, we've been so blessed and, and fortunate to be su- super successful with this business. But man, there are times and seasons where it looks like a disaster. And we just, man, we rallied behind that. And we are like, man, this, what are we learning here? Where, where Is are we failures going? failures
0: in RevMed's history? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I got a book of failures, but you don't have to answer that. Um, Winston Churchill, was he the one, the man in the arena? I got a, that one of my favorite quotes about the man in the arena. I think that was him, yeah. It was Churchill yeah. also, which I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say because I'll butcher it.
2: Yeah, I think so some of the failures we had doing things manually um, basically uh, catapulted us to build the software. I mean... Figure it, it out. You figure it out. Yep. Yeah.
0: You you just continue to bring solution. Luke, what do you got? Advice for your younger self. You got to do something different here. We got about two minutes left. We'll be, yeah, we'll be good. Yeah, I, I
1: would say really dig into to who you are. I think when when Scott and I realized that the gifts that we have been given by God was truly, like when you break them all down, was to empower others. Like once we realized that, it really shifted our our, our mindset and our attention to in every situation, we're like, how are we empowering others? Whether it's the clinicians we're serving, the labs we're sending to, our employees, our wives, our kids, everything we do, like that—that's the base right there. Like, how are we empowering others? So I, th- I would say, just like dive into that, like figure out what is that thing that drives you. What is that thing that you're really good at, and and, and just dive into that.
0: Doubling down on the strengths. That's yeah. my—I mean, again, we—that's a whole. You guys, here we are again. Time is limited, runs out, clock's um, ticking down. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lifting me up before the show. Um, I'm gonna just say something real quick. My my granddad passed away recently. Gave a speech at a funeral yesterday, and, and I, I think I might adding add this to every single episode. I have a little tagline to wrap up, but to to quote some scripture, Proverbs 27:17. You know what it is? I uh, I don't. As iron sharpens iron, yes. so one person sharpens another. Um, and again, I, I probably won't go religious with everyone. We're running, looking at the clock here. So as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Thank you gentlemen for being my iron. Thank yeah, you. Man. Um, talked a lot of healthcare, Luke, Scott, Rev. Man. let me hear you say it one more time. Rev, Rev- me I love it. I love it. Thanks, that Eric. my friends is what the health just happened.